The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Happy to have you with me on this Gimme All You Got Friday. Coming up this hour, Megan from Barstool, a.k.a. Megan making money, going to join us. We'll talk about some of her best bets for the weekend, among other things. Former Boston College basketball coach Scott Spinelli scheduled to join me at 835 to talk some hoops. Hit on the NBA Finals a little bit. We'll also talk some Super Regionals at some point this hour. Here's one thing I haven't gotten really a ton into on the air, but has been a major sports headline. And that is the the Live Tour. The Saudi-run golf tour that is throwing buku money out and just is taking away some of the has taken away some of the best players from the PGA tour. Now they made a run at Jack Nicholas and he was like, no, I'm not going to be your, your, your head honcho. I'm not going to be the face of this. And they settled on Greg Norman. There were reports out there that they wanted Tiger Woods to play on the tour. And at this point in his career, even though Tiger is far from what he used to be offered him almost high, so high nine figures, that's close to a billion. Dustin Johnson reportedly is getting $125 million to play on this tour. Phil Mickelson's there looking like he's dressed, you know, I don't know, man, all that leather, that look. If you go to Wikipedia, it says midlife crisis, and they actually have a photo currently of Phil Mickelson from the Live Tour event. Now, here's the thing. I do, uh, the only golf that I generally watch are the majors. That's it. I've admitted that for years. It is what it is. I'm not going to be tuning in to the, the, the live. Why do they call it live LIV? Because there's 54 holes in, uh, on, on, in their games. And that is the Roman numeral for five, four. I'm not really concerned with the results of it. I don't care that Charles Schwartzel, Schwartzel, is the leader after Liv's first round. It's the drama around it that has people talking. Right? For a country that, you know, might behead a journalist as they... I, I could get into all the reasons it's perhaps morally bad to go play on the tour, but a lot of these guys have a price, and they're getting paid a ton of money, and they left. And yesterday, the PGA finally fought back and suspended all players participating in the Live Tour from playing in PGA events going forward. And that wasn't a surprise either. The real drama here is, are the majors going to ban these guys? Will the Masters 
ban the live guys. You have lefty Phil Mickelson's out there at the live tour. I saw a picture of him yesterday in London and he's wearing a master's vest, basically begging, please, please, please don't ban us here. Look, the U.S. Open, the USGA confirmed this week that live players are eligible for the U.S. Open. They didn't endorse the live tour by any stretch, but they said, look, those guys can play in the U.S. Open. The Open Championship hasn't done anything yet. They did denounce the live operation, but they'll probably do the same thing. As far as the PGA Championship goes, which is weird because PGA of America bylaws says entries must be part of a recognized tour. Liv probably does not fit under that scenario. So I would expect they'll probably be ineligible for the PGA Championship. But what is the ultimate major? What is the creme de la creme? I don't know why I rolled my tongue. I'm sorry. What is the creme de la creme? It is the Masters. It's the Masters. Once they state whether or not those players are banned or rather suspended from participating in the Masters or not, that's that's all that's all that's left. This is the last big domino to drop in this whole thing. That's it. Because I'm not watching any of the live tour on YouTube live or Facebook live or wherever the heck it's airing. I don't, I don't, I don't care. And I don't want to support it, to be honest. Seeing pictures of it on social media, it looks like it's just, I don't know. It looks weird. You ever go to like a, a wing place and they have like the trivia up on the board? You can do it from your table while you eat wings and drink beer. It, that's what the screen looks like. But as far as the PGA Tour goes, they are praying on their knees right now that the Augusta National Golf Club says, all right, if you're on the Live Tour, you can't play in the Masters. And if that happens, that is a gigantic story. As far as the U.S. Open, the Open Championship go, look, they need those guys there. They do. And you could argue that to some extent the Masters needs the guys, like a former champion like DJ. They need the guys that are playing in the Live Tour. But hasn't the Masters shown for years and years and years that it's bulletproof? Hasn't it? They're going to do whatever the hell they want to do. They're not going to feel pressure from the Live Tour, certainly not. And they're not going to feel pressure from the PGA Tour. I have I I have no idea what's going to happen. Not surprised that the U.S. Open confirmed, yeah, they, they're eligible to play for us. I expect the Open Championship to probably do the same thing, and I expect the PGA Championship probably won't. The one question that has to be answered in this entire situation is the Masters. It wasn't a coincidence that Phil Mickelson was wearing his master's jacket. Or or vest, rather. 
while golfing on the live tour. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott show coming at you on this. Give me all you got Friday. Give me all you got. Give me all you got. Where we got Super Regional starting today, happening this weekend. You got NBA Finals game four tonight. You can catch it on our airwaves, ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, and streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. One thing Andrew Juge and I didn't get into last hour as far as the Saints go is Michael Thomas not participating um, in Saints OTAs on the field. Now he's there. But the exception for the mandatory minicamp next week is that Thomas will be doubtful to participate for health reasons. Dennis Allen said, look, I'm good where he is. I'd rather him be 100% healthy out here and all those good things, but that's just not where we're at. He's busting his tail off. He's ready to go. He's making progress. Mentally, he's in a great place. But we're taking our time with this. This is it. This season is it for Michael Thomas and the Saints. His record-setting all-pro, unanimous all-pro season in 2019 feels like it was like six years ago, doesn't it? Seven years ago. It, it, feels, it feels like it was a lot longer ago than it was because he's barely done anything since then. Played a few times in 2020. Didn't take a snap in 2021. His health is one of several question marks on hold until we get to training camp. So don't look for him to be one of these storylines next week when the Saints have their mandatory minicamp. Time will tell. ESPN Lafayette, what is the best beat of your life if you've bet on sports? I don't care if it's in a big way or a small way. Maybe something as simple as fantasy football or or a, a March Madness bracket, or maybe it's significant apples you put down on something, and oh my God, it was like a miracle. I thought I was out, but here I am. And on the flip side, what's the worst beat? I'm going to ask those questions to somebody that is betting all the time. Winning a lot as well. Megan, making money from Barstool Sports, joins me next right here on The Great Scott Show on a Gimme All You Got Friday. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey, sports fans, this is Rich Eisen reminding you to catch The Rich Eisen Show every weekday from 12 to 3 on ESPN Lafayette. Now, back to more of The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather. Welcome back into the Gray Scott Show. On a Give Me All You Got Friday, former Boston College basketball coach Scott Spinelli will be joining me in about 20 minutes or so. We will chat with him about the NBA Finals. But joining me now, happy to have her on the program. We talked to her last summer. You guys know her. She needs no introduction. I'll give her one anyway, but... Megan from Barstool Sports, a.k.a. Megan Making Money. That's the Twitter handle as well. Uh, you can check out plenty of stuff from her Barstool Sports book, uh, the show Money Shots <clears throat> that she and Kelly in Vegas do uh, every Monday and Wednesday. So talking all things gambling, good morning, Megan. Uh, thank you for joining us. How's life? How you been? Good 
morning. Um, life's been well. I actually thought about you the other day as we were driving home from vacation. Uh, Intergalactic came on the radio, and uh, I literally, the first person that popped up in my head was you. So uh, kind of, um, you know, great timing that we uh, got back on the phone together. You know, that, that warms my heart. I would like to think that when people hear Beastie Boys, they, they think of me, and not in a negative way. I'm sure people that, like, listen to the show and don't like Beastie Boys probably get sick of it. But that... That makes me feel good. I mean, look, it's a, it's a good one. Sometimes we ask people and they're like, I don't really have one. I'll just throw something out there. But you, the first time we asked you, you went straight to Intergalactic. It's a classic. It fits. It was mainstream. So I dig it. And it holds up, right? I mean, it, that came out in 98. I think it still sounds good today. I agree. I think it could be mixed with a bunch of stuff still and sound awesome. Like, you know, if, if DJs threw it in a mix or whatever. Um, it fits with a lot of different genres. I think it's super cool. There you go. Megan making money, our guest. Also a uh, a resident of Lafayette, Louisiana, but certainly a local celebrity. I, I've, I've said this before, Megan. I love your scent to where you are right now, at least in your professional life. It started out, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you saying you were giving some some betting picks on Reddit, and you were so good at it that you know long story short that is, that is the very cliff's notes version of it but long story short that's kind of how it started and right now i know everything that's happened with barstool and certainly the barstool sports book seems things uh, seem to be going pretty well for you oh yeah definitely uh it was it's been a whirlwind this these last almost uh God, almost three years now that's crazy to think about because um it's really gone by super fast but uh, my husband, you know, taught me everything I know, and I uh, went on a little 16 and 0 documented run on Reddit, as you said, and then yeah, it boosted me from you know working with an offshore book, and I worked with another gambling company who I don't want to say because I don't want to give them credit because you all, everyone should be uh, with the Barstool Sportsbook here in Louisiana. Uh, but then from that job, got me my job over uh, over at the Barstool. Uh, at Barstool and Barstool Sportsbook. So um, everything's been great, and I love it. It's a an, an crazy environment to work in. It's a crazy um, place to, uh, you know, be a part of. But it's uh, entertaining, and I'm loving every second of it. I, I enjoy seeing your picks every day on Twitter. Um, I You know, I don't know what your uh, your picks are today. I'll ask you in a minute. But my my last thing before we get into the betting side of things I've seen this a little online, and I mean, it's it's 2022. You hate to see it, but I, I mean, we see it. How much flack do you get from, you know, jabronis that think they know and don't know, whether it comes to you or Kelly, about um, being women in this business? Like, they think they know better. I see, I've seen some try to step up to y'all, and y'all put them in their place pretty quick. But do you, is that just happen occasionally, or do you unfortunately see that a good bit? Unfortunately, it's an everyday occurrence. Um, and with me personally, um, my, my thing with Barstool and with my, my Twitter is I put out picks every single day. Uh, I don't, there's maybe been one or two days where there just wasn't anything on that I bet on personally um, to where I haven't put out picks. But it's pretty much 365 days a year that um, I'm putting out my own thoughts and my own handicaps on things. So, I get everyone else's opinion every single day on whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. And, you know, baseball is right now is the sport that I'm betting. I know the NBA finals are happening, but I don't personally bet the NBA um, just because I've 
kind of been screwed by it multiple times in my life, and it's just hasn't hasn't ever fared well for me to bet betting NBA. But um, you know, baseball is a grind. It is one of those sports that you know you can get eaten alive in the dog days of summer, but. If you just keep on grinding it out, you see it through, and you get that World Series, you 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 feel like you've accomplished something. So uh, it, this this is the particularly hard stretch. You know, this is the dog days of summer. I'm betting every day, uh, and being part of Barstool, I'm part of uh, Brandon Walker Show Pick Central. So um, I've actually won three out of the last well five months now, and uh, so I'm I've been doing fairly well. I'm in second place this month, but every day you have to put out at least three picks. So you're, I'm putting myself out there, not just one pick, not just two, but three picks. And then, you know, some days I have to put out, you know, promotions, whether it's home run stuff, and, and, and those affected my record as well, whether they hit or don't. Um, so, I mean, I'm getting chirped left and right for a long-winded answer. No, no, I, I dig it. So, like, essentially, long-term, I mean, you've you've done well for yourself, but – Short term, someone sees picks online and they're like, they get mad because they follow it and they don't all hit all at once. It's like, she's not, no one hits 100%. No one comes close to 100%. That's just not how it works. But uh, yeah, I imagine you have to deal with a lot of flack. But, you know, I, excuse me if any children are listening, but I would just say F them, whatever. Move on. You do you. Keep going. What's your, um, what is your uh, plays? I, I haven't seen them yet on social media. What are your baseball plays today? All right, so I actually I saved them, you know, to say to you first. I haven't put them oh, out thanks. there yet because, you know, it is, um, I, haven't, I haven't had my second cup of coffee, so I haven't uh, finalized these yet. Uh, but these are the ones that I liked off top today. Uh, first one is going to be the Yankees run line. Uh, I just think it's a bad time for the Cubbies to go to the Bronx. The Yankees offense, it's just, I mean, they're on fire, and I think that they could feast off Miley, especially with the long ball. I mean, obviously, we're in the Bronx. I think Judge, Hicks, not Hicks, I'm sorry, Judge, Stanton, anyone of the Mashers could go yard today. Gallo went back-to-back yesterday, essentially, or the day before. As I said, I'm betting every day, so I do get my days um, kind of mushed together. But um, Miley's been throwing, like, 80-ish pitches before that they're looking to the bullpen. And that's meaning they're going to look to the bullpen early, probably like middle innings. Um, and, you know, even if my prediction is wrong, uh, they, with the Yan- Yankees raking Miley, the Cubs will have to hit Severino, which proves to be tough. And uh, he usually pre- stretches pretty far into the games. But once uh, he's pulled, the Yankees bullpen has uh, the seventh best ERA in the league. So I'm pretty sure that they're going to be able to get it done here. I like the Yankees run line today. That's the first play. All right, Yankees run line. Um, would so uh, minus the one and a half for those of you that are newer to betting. Um, that means the Yankees have to win by two runs or more. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Okay. All right. Any uh, any others? Yeah, I got two more for you. Uh, the Cardinals money line. Um, both of these teams come in kind of off the sour note. The Reds. Uh, it was the, the team that the Cardinals are playing. Uh, dropped their last two to Arizona, and the Cardinals got swept by the Rays, which I'm not going to lie. I was not expecting because I thought the Cardinals could take at least one game. Um, but anyway, the Cardinals' offense is just stacked. And um, the Reds, you know, went through a little streak where they weren't the worst team in baseball. But you do have to remember they did start off as the worst team in baseball and were on record if not they did hit it. Uh, being like the worst team of all time or having the worst record of all time. Um, but what I like to bet on is consistency. And for me, I feel like the Cardinals offense throughout 
the Cardinals' history essentially has just been uh, a good offense. And the Cardinals are five and one in their last six home games, while the Reds are just two and five in their last seven overall. Uh, I think the Cardinals get it done today, so uh, that's play number two. All right, we got one more. Uh, Megan from Barstool, our guest, at Megan Making Money on Twitter and social media. You can follow her there. What is your last uh, play of the day? Last one's a little wonky, but uh, I'm going to go. This is the first five under, which means this is the first five innings. Um, the rest of the innings don't matter. We don't have to deal with the bullpen. We don't have to deal with the Braves' bats exploding at the end of the game. Uh, we just need the first five to stay under four and a half runs. Neither team has seen the starter from the opposing team, um, and that always votes to be tough. I mean, you gotta you guys have got to size your pitcher up, and if you've never seen him before, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, you're either going to ground out, pop up, or strike out. It's not like you're going to go yak off of this off of a guy that you don't necessarily have his number yet, right? Um, but, you know, you wouldn't think either guy on the mound would go out there and throw a gem in either Strider or Contreras, but both guys have dominated the mound and come in with sub-ERAs of three. Um, I know it can be tough for the Pirates offense to get going, which is exactly what I need, no offense. Um, and I'm just hoping that you have Contreras holding it down to at least the first five innings uh, under that four and a half. I don't need the Braves just to go off. So I'm hoping this is like a two nothing game going into the six and then the Braves can do whatever they want. Um, but I, I Pirates offense has not been great. As I said, Braves have never seen the opposing pitcher. So sounds like an under to me. There you go. Megan has been our guest. Megan from Barstool. Uh, her plays today. Yankees run line, the cards money line, and first five inning under four and a half for Pittsburgh and Atlanta. What, as as many bets and picks as you've had to make in your life, I'm sure you have stories. What is your best beat and worst beat, the ultimate bad beat uh, that comes to your mind from your time in, in the betting world? So my thing is with betting – Every day, three picks a day for the last um, year, I have had so many bad beats and so many, um, you know, great, great wins. For example, uh, yesterday I was I had the Yankees. Yankees were down five nothing in the bottom of the third. Uh, bases were loaded for the White Sox. I thought the game was completely over. Nope. Or was that yesterday or the day before? As I said, my days run together. But nope. Here comes the Yankees. You have. Just back to back home runs, just just running it up. Same thing with the Dodgers yesterday. I think that was yesterday. The Dodgers thought I was just dead in the water. Um, it, I, that was uh, that. Those are some of my best. Um, and as far as worse, I can't. I, I honestly can't give you one that's off the top of my head because I get beat so much, especially right now. I've been getting beat on a walk off probably once a week for the last three weeks. It's not. It's not been a great uh, last three weeks as far as my straight bets have been concerned, but there's a feature on the Barstool Sportsbook called the Parlay Plus. It's been absolutely killing those, and those are like for plus 1,300, plus 550, plus 476. I mean, I've just been I've been going crazy over there, but these straight, these straight bets have been proven to be difficult and uh, grinding on me here a little bit. Megan is our guest from Barstool. Megan, you mentioned the Barstool Sportsbook. Obviously, once sports gambling went live in Louisiana, um, shoot, back in, I guess, January, uh, things really... 
I'm sure business for you. Um, I mean, you, you're you're nationally. I mean, it's not like you you live in Louisiana, but you have a brand across the country. But I'm sure locally you saw an increase, and as more states begin to legalize sports gambling, I'm sure you're seeing an increase. Uh, for some of our listeners that don't know about the Barstool Sportsbook app, and you mentioned, you know, a promo you run. I know there's a lot of them. I see you put them up. What? Tell tell them a little bit about it. And you mentioned it's a little different than just a straight bet. Tell them some of the things available at the Barstool Sportsbook. All right. So first off, if you have not signed up for the Barstool Sportsbook, you're definitely going to want to. And especially right now, you can sign up with code Can't Lose NBA. And when you sign up, you bet $20 on the finals game. Uh, it could be the Warriors. It could be the Celtics. It could be a total. It could be whatever you want. And if a player in that game scores 20 points, uh, you get $200. Your 20 turns into 200 So that's a promotion for new signups right now that I would highly, highly, highly recommend people going to do because it is the finals. You, are, you have superstars. Someone's going to score over 20 points. It's pretty much a free you know, $200. Um, that's one of the, the, the features of the sports book. Uh, there's also tons of what we have, uh, exclusives and boosts. So it's uh, all of the Barstool personalities, content creators, betters like myself. Um, for example, on Mondays, I have my Megan making uh, money, <laughs> making money Mondays. I'm sorry. Uh, and that's my personal promo where I'll put together three teams. Um, and if you, if we win, obviously we get the parlay, we get our money back. But if they lose, um, every team that you have that does win, every leg that does hit, you get ten dollars back for. So that's just another something special. Um, and I mean, there's stuff like Big Cat has um, exclusives. You know, Mincy has exclusives. I think he has one out right now for uh, the NCAA tourney. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just you have a lot of really cool stuff over there, and I highly suggest going to check it out no i enjoy it it's user friendly um i don't i don't post bet stuff often but the pelicans beating the lakers and uh pretty much ending them uh in the regular season i put put a pretty good chunk of change on it i did share that one uh so the barstool sportsbook app was was uh, i had i every now and then you just you got to post the wins right it makes you feel good uh at, Absolutely. at Megan making money uh that's Megan M-A-K-I-N no G there at Megan making money if you're not following her um she's got over 171,000 so you can be one of many but uh great stuff great content you mentioned Mincy uh Ben Mince who's been on the show a few times who I just find extremely entertaining and and funny and he's just I mean he's he's there's only one right and being that he's traveling all the time and in the south a lot i know you currently live here in lafayette and ben travels around the south to different things whether it be promotions or games i mean what's what's the most i guess maybe ridiculous is the wrong word just i guess give us a funny mincy story before we let you run um well i'll give you one that kind of correlates with uh my betting the other day uh while we were watching the lsu um southern miss game and he was watching Ole miss arizona um, you know, obviously the winner of those games were to advance and they were going to be uh, going to Baton Rouge for the Super Regional. You know, I knew that. Uh, Mincy knew that. But <laughs> Mincy texts me in the fourth inning when the Tigers are up 4-1 and says, Ole Miss, LSU, Super Regional, definitely in play, and said, would be so awesome. And I don't know if uh, you, you are uh, um, a superstitious person uh, or believe in jinxes, 
But as soon as Mincy sends that text, all of a sudden Southern Miss just goes up on LSU and, uh, it was pretty much all she wrote from there. We did, you know, we, we tried to rally there for a minute, but, uh, yesterday I had men's on money shots and or the day before, excuse me. And, uh, I pretty much, uh, I, I picked a good bone with him, if you will. And, uh, uh, but I was not very happy. No, I said, Nancy, no, no more texting me during the games. Whether it's the Astros or whether it's LSU, don't text me during the games. The Mincy, the Mincy <laughs> mark of death. I, I, I just, I remember the first time I really was like, all right, this guy is, this guy cracks me up. Was was in the College World Series last year, and he was doing, you know, he was filming a shot about how he was up on his bed and they hadn't scored a run yet, and literally while he's bragging about. This bet he hasn't won yet. They hit a home run over the wall behind him, and just that oh, yeah, that visceral reaction. Oh man, when he dropped this, I, mean, I told him that first time I ever had him on the show. I was like, man, I got to be honest that that was a moment where I I laughed so hard. I was like, I know you've had some good wins, but that one, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, this this guy's a star right here. Because when if if folks can can smile whether you're winning or losing, I think that's when you know you've made it as a as a sports personality, if you will. I would agree with that. He's been killing it um, this this tournament. Uh, definitely not the run he had last year. Quite the opposite. So uh, good, good, good job, Mincy. Shout out for for him. He actually has been doing great with uh, his bets and uh, growing the game for everybody. So uh, yeah, shout out, Men. All right, Megan. I appreciate you taking the time. Everybody listening, I'll go give her a follow. Check out Barstool Sportsbook app uh, again at Megan Making Money on Twitter. Megan, I appreciate it. All the best uh, to you and the family. Uh, continued success, and you know Lafayette's lucky to have you here in our in our backyard. And you know, um, looking forward to seeing what you guys have next. I really appreciate all the kind words. I love coming on and talking with you and hearing some BC boys before we hop on. It's always super nice. And uh, I'm going to go and have my second cup of coffee so I can actually get this brain really working. See if I can't get some stats out. Um, and had some winners out today because yesterday it was a rough one. And one in three, I think. So time to rally. It's time to rally. That's it. Such is the life of a, uh, a professional like you when it comes to making those picks and the grinds of the summertime with all those baseball picks. Appreciate you sharing them with us, Megan. All the best, and we'll, uh, we'll have you on again in the future. Absolutely. I was definitely looking forward to it. All right. Take care. That is Megan from Barstool Sports at Megan Megan Money. Don't go anywhere. We're talking hoops next. Former Boston College coach. Scott Spinelli, right here on a Give Me All You Got Friday on the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticketed sports. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. While the team's giving all they got against the opponent, he's giving all he's got on the airwaves. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Give me all you got Friday. Joining me now, former Boston College coach, coached at Maryland, Texas A&M, and more. He has worked with 
tons of NBA players. That'd be Coach Scott Spinelli, friend of the program. We've talked college hoops with him. We're going to talk a little pro hoops with him this morning. Good morning, Coach. How's life? How you doing? Doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Uh, all is well up here. Uh, you know, as you know, up in Boston, a lot of excitement right now around Boston. Yeah, let's let's dig right into it. Celtics trying to go up three one tonight. Warriors are going to try to even the series. I I want your perspective as a coach. If if you think what I'm about to say is is off base, or if if you agree with me, I I was talking earlier in my show back last hour, beginning of the show that I, I feel like way too much analysis, if you will, from the media is being put into things like Draymond Green's podcast or or a crowd of fans, you know, saying the F word as opposed to, you know, that's 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 not that has nothing to do with what's actually happening on the floor here to try to turn that into, well, this is having an impact on the series. I don't buy it. I, I And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was to break more of the X's and O's of what's going on. But do you feel like Draymond's podcast or, or how fans are acting deserves maybe as much press as it gets as opposed to what's happening in the actual game? Uh, no, I, I don't think that has any relevance at all to Thank what's you. going on uh, on the floor. I agree with you, Scott. I look, you know, we all know um, fans, especially Boston and some of the venues around NBA, NFL, uh, you know, every sport for that matter, you know, there's hostility and you're going to have to kind of live with some of that. And as far as one of the players communicating some of his ideas or strategies, you know, that's, uh, you know, totally up to him, but that doesn't determine any of this, the outcome of what's going on on the court. I don't think. What has been the biggest key for Boston so far in this series to be up two games to one? Well, look, it's been a series of adjustments, right? And let's think back to game one where it actually was Golden State's uh, defensive approach that kind of enabled the Celtics to take advantage of what they did in game one. And that was Golden State basically defended, really helped off of Horford, uh, and made him a three-point shooter. And he made six of them in that game with six of eight. Uh, and that really determined the outcome of the game, to be honest. In the second game, Golden State said, we're not going to approach it defensively like that. We're going to really get up the pressure of the basketball. We're going to make the Celtics beat us off the dribble and score it from the two-point line. And in game two, the Celtics had no real adjustment, and that helped Golden State get the victory. Game three, Golden State came out with that same attack defensively, and the Celtics this time just drove the basketball, and Golden State really didn't do anything in terms of their uh, one-pass-away positioning. They weren't at the elbows, boxes. There was really no help side defense or weak side rotations, and they were literally getting to the rim, and the difference in the game was the, the points in the paint. I mean, again, 56 points, I believe, in the paint in that game, and that was the difference. So, look, it's been a series of adjustments on that side of, of the ball, and there's been other things, too, that we can get to here. But those are the things that I think stand out right now as it relates to the adjustments on both ends. Are you surprised at how poorly Draymond Green has played in this series by his standards? Look, 
You know what? I can't tell you this. Uh, you know, for me, Draymond Green is a star in his role, and his role, and I think it really changed the Golden State uh, team this year um, in terms of where they are today. Look, they were playing Looney. They were playing bigger. When they inserted Draymond at the five, uh, he almost becomes a point guard, a point five man out there, where he makes every right play for his team. He's got a tremendous basketball IQ. Uh, he's very willing to make that right play. He's not as concerned about scoring. Uh, if the opportunity comes, of course, he'll look to do that. Uh, but having him out there and, and being able to pass, dribble, and shoot, uh, it, it really became a matchup nightmare for the opposition. And, uh, you know, look, I, I think last game, what was disappointing in terms of his performance to me was the defensive intensity. I, I think you saw that game too. First possession, he ties Horford up, uh, really was physical with him this game you know just like a lot of the other guys in Golden State but I think it starts with Draymond because I think his team looks for him for that leadership that energy um, that defensive intensity and the physicality on both ends and he was getting blown by off the dribble last game by various Celtics and I think again that was what was disappointing but he is so important to their team that chip on his shoulder, that infectious energy, that swagger, that toughness, and I think his, the players on his team feed off it. And certainly he had a really good game, too, in terms of what he did impacting the game. But this game, this last game, game three, he wasn't himself. But they're going to need him here tonight if they're going to have any chance. No doubt about it. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Another aspect of this series, and you could speak more to this, Coach, about specifically the Boston Celtics, but I was thinking about recent NBA champions and the last time a team won a championship that didn't have a top five player or, or, you know, Jason Tatum, is he, is he a top 10 player? Probably this season. He certainly was, but in this series, he hasn't been yet. And that's not a knock on him. Right. Um, you know, he's, but he's missed about a third of his shots. Um, I think, you know, Jalen Brown has played better so far in these finals. Again, not a knock at all on Jason Tatum. I'm going somewhere with this because I think he's been good. But like being the, I, I had to go back to the you know the Pistons in '04, who ended up having four All Stars on that team, but not that season. The only one that season was was Ben Wallace. But a team that wasn't defined in the championship by sort of a singular performer, the way you know Giannis was last year, right? Or or Dirk in 2011. I mean, we can go. LeBron, Curry, uh, Kawhi, his year in Toronto. You know, Shaq, Kobe, Tim Duncan. Maybe, maybe, maybe the 2014 Spurs because Tim was was you know much older and Kawhi wasn't the player he was yet. Maybe that's another good example. But in terms of recent NBA champions, you don't have that many where you know the the best player was was not as good as you've seen, and that can certainly change. We're only three games into it, and yet that team is still performing really really well what do you make of jason tatum's performance thus far in the finals and maybe this postseason and how boston is still excelling at at the highest level right now look i think with the boston celtics first of all let's talk about the coaching job that coach Ime adoka and his staff have done uh which has been truly remarkable uh to me uh, as well as what Brad Stevens, in terms of completing this roster, I, I obviously you know, Danny Ainge had the foundation in place, but uh, Brad Stevens really, you know, really completed this roster by making some key moves. So I think their team is is equipped 
to uh, be what I think is most important in, in the NBA or in basketball in general today is they have tremendous versatility. They can play small, they can play big, um, and they also have a lot of skilled, savvy guys who can pass, dribble, and shoot. And I think that is why the Celtics are so dangerous right now in terms of uh, who they are as a team. And so to your point about Jason Tatum, look, you know, he's a, to me he's a star, um, but I think what's been very impressive about Jason Tatum, especially throughout these playoffs, him and Jalen Brown, is they're making the right basketball play. If the, the defense dictates to them to drive the ball, if it dictates to them to if help comes, they're making the extra pass. And I think when you can have a team of this caliber and you have two of your best players, guys that, you know, ISO guys that can probably get their shot off against anybody, but they're willing to make the right play, the, the better shot, the best shot. There's a big difference between a good shot and a great shot. And I think the Celtics have really shown that they're an exceptional team. And to Tatum's credit, to Brown's credit, those guys are stars in their roles. But they've made these other guys now more confident. They've shown their belief in their teammates. And I think that's been a huge part of the Celtics' success thus far uh, in the playoffs. They don't seem like they're uh, as as top-heavy in terms of sort of super elite talent. But in terms of entire roster, they're maybe the deepest roster in the league. So uh, looking at how they handled the Nets and just attacked the weaker part of that roster, and, you know, Nets a very top-heavy roster, right? Uh, they, they attack Miami's weaknesses in that series. If Boston wins this series, do you see this potentially becoming a trend in the league where teams aren't trying to maybe be as top-heavy? You know, teams that, that, that are saying, look, if we win a championship, let's go this Boston model. Do you think we could see some copycats if Boston's able to hang on here? Because, again, there's still plenty of basketball left to be played. Well, look, the four teams that were left here in the, in the finals, the conference finals, all four, if you look at those teams, and, and even Milwaukee, I get it, Giannis, they obviously Miss Middleton, uh, Dallas, um, you know, um, is you know obviously a team that's got you know some superstars, as you know. But I think all four teams play the right way, and I mean that by saying this: there is star power on all four of those teams. And I think what's made all four of those teams successful and have been able to be, you know, in these positions, and now you're looking at these two teams, is they've got a team that's been put together with, again, versatility with guys who are willing to make the right play. They play as a team. Look, so often you look in the NBA and you see a superstar, and if that superstar is just about, hey, look, I'm going to take the shot. I'm gonna, whether it's there's, it's not the right play. I'm still getting my shot off here because that's who I am, and I've got to take that mindset. I'm not necessarily sure that's the best way of winning uh, in this NBA. The way the NBA now is being, uh, in terms of the teams being put together, because that three point line um, is a, a huge factor now and the great equalizer in all of basketball. So I think the game has changed, but I do think these teams have been put together with the type of, of, of roster that really makes the right play on both ends of the floor. 
And I think you cannot put a value. Look, the game of basketball is about percentages. What team can get the most open shots uh, in a game without having another team, you know, contesting high hand, top foot, high hand, and those shots, your percentages go down. And I think the Celtics have shown that they can do that um, through their, even creating it through their defense at times, but offensively they make the right play. And the same thing with Golden State. Coach Scott Spinelli, our guest, great stuff, great analysis. Um, and, you know, the, the injury factor as well. I know every team's dealt with him here, but you know, Chris Middleton's a guy you coached, a guy you know well. Perhaps if he plays in the Milwaukee-Boston series, maybe it ends up different. But that's part of it. That's life in the NBA. You You deal with it. You have it. It is what it is. I mean, you have to have great basketball. You have to have some injury luck, and the ball has to bounce your way. A lot has to happen to be crowned a champion, and I think a lot's still going to happen in this series. What do you think unfolds tonight and moving forward here in this NBA Finals? Uh, you know, I, my heart is with Boston. I'm really rooting for them. Just again, being you know homegrown, brought up out here. You just you know you live uh, you know and, and really support the pro sports uh, you know teams in this area. Um, however, however, I, I got to tell you, until you can upend a championship team uh, like Golden State, now the Celtics did do it with Milwaukee, to your point. It might have been a little bit abbreviated, but they still did it. Um, I'm still leaning towards Golden State. As long as, you know, Curry's playing and they're healthy, I still think the Celtics are going to have to really beat a team that's got championship lineage, once a champion always a champion, and that's not an easy task. But I think tonight's game, you're going to see Golden State come out with that same intensity, that sense of urgency, that back-to-the-wall mentality, and that championship pedigree should come out tonight. If it doesn't, then, again, Boston's going to be in a great place to win this series. But I still like, again, just because of their championship pedigree, I still like Golden State. Coach Scott Spinelli has been our guest. Final question for you, Coach, and this one, it's okay if you, you know I'm kind of putting you on the spot because their season ended literally six weeks ago today. It tells you how long the postseason is. You know, we're down here in South Louisiana. The Pelicans, a team that started out rough, came together. Um, Willie Green coached his tail off. Great chemistry. They get in through the play-in. They give the Suns all they want. Zion didn't play at all this season, right? He's healthy now. What do you make of the Pelicans' future and, you know, just that that team when you see the makeup of it right now? And then we'll let you run. Well, first of all, what they've done down there, starting with, to your point about Coach Green, he's done an unbelievable job at kind of changing the culture. And look, David Griffin and his entire uh, front office, you know, uh, Bryson Graham, Trajan Lake, they've done an unbelievable job, too, uh, at really evaluating guys and putting a roster together, even without one of their top picks this year, was able to advance and push the top seed in the West all the way to a game seven. So what they've done is really impressive. But let's talk about Coach Green, right? Here's a coach that comes in, goes through some adversity early, and really holds true to who he is. And I think the key word to me as a coach, and you've got to respect this to the job that he did, was the, the word accountability. I think he held his guys accountable. I think he coached them in a way that he wasn't demeaning. He was, you know, he was a guy that was giving them tough love but instilling confidence. And I think when you hold guys accountable and you've got guys out there that were second-round draft choices like Alvarado who 
first-round draft choices were sitting the bench late in some of those games, you're showing your team you're about winning, and you're going to reward the guys who you're holding them accountable for their, what, their, what their job is to do. And I think you can't help but respect that as a player. I love that as a coach. That's who, again, you know, if you look at coaching, that's what it should be. And I think you've got to really tip your hat to Coach Green and his staff and what they did down there at holding those guys accountable and getting the best out of each one of those guys. Great stuff from Coach Scott Spinelli, former guard for the Terriers of Boston University and over 30 years coaching in college hoops. Uh, I really appreciate it and worked in the NBA as well. I don't want to leave that out either. He's got a wealth of basketball knowledge. Love talking ball with you, Coach. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, I'd love to talk to you again sometime in the future. Thank you for having me again, Scott. Have a great weekend. You too. Great stuff. Great way to wrap up the show, Coach Scott Spinelli. Thanks to him. Thanks to Megan from Barstool Sports. Thanks to Andrew Juge. Have a great weekend, everybody. NBA Finals game four tonight. You can hear it on our airwaves. Enjoy the Super Regionals. Enjoy life. Talk to you on Monday on the Great Scott Show, bright and early. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.